0: Hello. Welcome to the New Books in Jewish Studies podcast. I am your host, Ari Barbalat. I am honoured to be in dialogue today with Dr. Aaron Hughes. We will be discussing his new book, Jacob Neusner, an American Jewish Iconoclast, published in New York by New York University Press 2016. Dr. Hughes... um, For the 2022 and 2023 academic year, is the Fulbright Distinguished Chair in North American Studies at Carleton University in Ottawa, Ontario, and is Dean's Professor of the Humanities and Philip S. Bernstein Professor of Religious Studies at the University of Rochester. Thank you for your availability and thank you for your time.
1: Well, thank you, Ari. It's a pleasure to be here. One thing I'm just going to maybe a little footnote there is that you just call it a new book. It's kind of new. So it's been out for a while. And, and I think as I told you, I was warm up before, um, before the interview is I, I wrote this book. The Most of the research done for this book was done in probably 2012, 2013, 2014. So, um, and I, I, I mean, I came out in 2016 since it came out, I haven't given a lot of thought to Neusner except when I think about how it's what a sorry state, the field of Jewish studies is in today. Um, so I hope I can, recall from the recesses of my mind some of the the the, the details that um are in the book
0: but i might very well have have, have forgotten thank you to begin please tell us about yourself can you uh describe the formative events that inspired the scholar you would become as an adult
1: yeah well i i I, well i'm 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 not unlike Neusner. I come from the suburbs, although my suburbs weren't in Connecticut. They were in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and uh, like him, I grew up with very little to to no knowledge of of, of Judaism. Um, events? I mean, I think I always was interested in, in education. My dad was a Scotsman that came over after the war um, who had a grade seven education. My mom had a high school education. So I was a "Quote unquote," what Americans like to call a first-generation college student. Um, not all my friends were pretty much first-generation college students at that time, um, and uh, you know, I think, like like Neusner, I, um, I I can be a, a little bit of a contrarian, and also like Newster, I've been accused by some people of, of 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 writing a wee bit too much. So um, I think I. Neuster and I synergized at some point. I became very interested in him um, for reasons that we talked about before the before the interview, and I'm sure we'll, we'll come up again um, in in, in the, the the minutes
0: and the time that, that that follows. What inspired you to write this book? What message do you hope to convey to readers? Yeah, well, I can actually
1: pinpoint it to two events. Um, the first was a Uh, at the American Academy of Religion Society of Biblical Literature annual meeting in Chicago, Illinois. I want to say it was in 2012 or 2013. I can't remember the exact date. Uh, But there had been um, Shaul Magid had arranged uh, to to, to have a panel to celebrate the the, the, the work of Neusner. Um, And uh, on on the panel were supposed to be Jonathan Z. Smith uh, that would comment on Neusner's contribution to the field of religious studies. Uh, Yaakov Elman, who would speak about Nusner's contribution to Talmudic and rabbinic studies, uh, Shaul, who would speak about uh, Nusner's uh, interventions in American Judaism, American Jewish studies, and uh, my friend and colleague, Elliot Wilson, who would speak to Nusner's work on Jewish-Christian relations. And it was a disaster. The panel ended up being a disaster. Uh, Elman and Jonathan Zed Smith didn't show up, so that meant that Shaul and Elliot were the only two there, it was very poorly attended, and neusner by this point, was a fairly frail old man. He was suffering from, from Parkinson's, and uh, I think it took him a, a great personal cost to, to, to come to Chicago from, from upstate uh, New York. And I was sitting there at the panel thinking, my gosh, this is, this is the towering neusner figure who is, you know, basically single-handedly created the field of Jewish studies in america canada and i would say even in europe and it was it was so poorly attended and it was it, it didn't it was, even though the papers by late and show were very good and uh, i think newster com- complained that you know the the two biggest things that he contributed to in his life and work rabbinics and religious studies were completely ignored because of uh, the, the the two people who didn't attend so that's one event. And then another one is, you know, I don't know, you've probably heard there's this joke that goes around about Neusner, um, where someone calls Jacob oh, Neusner, God. and um, he, uh, Suzanne, his wife answers, and uh, the person says, can I speak to, to Jack, Jack Neusner, you know, know my name, Jack, and Suzanne said, that's, I, I'm afraid he's working on a book, and the person says, oh, that's okay, I'll hold, um, right, impl- implicit that you know, Nusner wrote so much and so quickly that he'd wait till the person would wait till the Nusner finished the book. And I thought that was I mean, Nusner hated the joke and I don't like it either. I think it's uh, really to reduce to to reduce that figure, a, a founding figure in the field of Jewish studies to to reduce his life and his work to, to a joke. I thought was also in poor taste. So I, I wanted to really get at the man. I wanted to figure out who was this person, Jacob jack newsner who had done so much i mean i know he'd written so much and as i was writing the book i was thinking this is not just a biography of Newsner the man this is also the biography of jewish studies in america and I, I think probably before we go on i should be clear that when i'm talking about jewish studies i'm talking about the jewish studies that i know that is as it takes place within the context of religious studies so i know that there's people in um you know, in, in, in history, the work on Jewish, I'm not interested, I'm not, I am i don't speak so much about history. Like Jack, I'm a scholar of religion, so most of what I say is relevant to the academic study of religion.
0: What are the primary themes in your book? What arguments does your book advance?
1: Well, I think the, the advance is another one. I mean, well, the first, I mean, the, the, as I said, the first um, argument, I guess it's a, it's a biography. It's, it's trying to show where did Jack come from, what inspired him to do what he did, what in fact did he do, and how has that um, you know what, what has been the afterlife of of, 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 of those uh, of that work ruminations. Um, and ruminations. And, and as I said, by extension, his before Nussner came on the scene, there were no academic positions devoted to. Judaism. There were uh, positions devoted to Old Testament, to New Testament, uh, where Judaism was studied was primarily in the seminary or in, in the yeshiva. Within 10 years of Neuster being on the scene, you now begin to have these uh, the rise of positions in, in, in Jewish studies, uh, in, in religious studies departments where people are, are working on Judaism. So i uh, have part of what I wanted to do was show how, how that came about and I mean it wasn't I mean it was on one hand it was uh, Newster's Herculean efforts and he was certainly had Herculean efforts but the other there are larger things that going were going on such as the the Shemp versus Abington school district court case that made the study of religion the study teaching of religion but not te- teaching about religion but not teaching religion possible at uh, state university so there were a whole bunch of things going on and I try to I really try try to get that whole context um, within the within the within the book.
0: What would you like? <laughs> what would you like listeners to get out of our dialogue today?
1: Well, I, I would hope that I I would like I would like listeners to come away with the idea that academic fields and academic disciplines aren't natural. They all have they all they're not they're, they're all creations and as a good new scenario and if we can and using judaism as an example by showing how judaism the study of judaism came to be in american universities my goal is my, my goal would be that they would think it came from somewhere where did it come from how did it come about but not just in the past if we don't understand where we came from we risk Making the same mistake, so I, I could make the case, um, I'm sure some people would argue with me, that Neusner brought the study of Judaism out of the seminary, into the secular university. But now the study of Judaism risks not going back to the to the to the universe, to the seminary so much, but it risks becoming weighed down by the weight of ethnic studies, where people study things by virtue of the fact that a Jew did or said something as opposed to trying to connect why that is significant to larger discourses.
0: What is Jacob Neusner's reputation in the world of Jewish studies today?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I'm a little bit out of touch with what the world of Jewish studies thinks these days. I would like to think that people uh, I mean, I, I'm going I'm to give you my sense. So my sense is that some of the innovations that Neusner made in Rabbinics have now been absorbed. So when you have like people that work on Talmudic uh, work on Talmudic uh, issue, like you know, like people like Christine Hayes, people like Daniel Boyarin, people like Jeff Rubenstein, I think that they've absorbed some of the ideas that Neusner developed. Um. So I, I and I, then I think that in terms of religious studies, I think religious, I think Noosner's. How do I say this? I think some of the most innovative people in Jewish studies, of whom I would include Neusner, have very difficult relationships in Jewish studies. I'm not quite sure Jewish studies knows what to do with people that are innovative and want to take Judaism. And expose it to larger categories of analysis. I think of Neusner, I think of people like Elliot Wolfson. I think of people like Daniel Boyarin. I could even, might even put my own work in, in, in that category. Jewish studies doesn't know quite do with that. So, I would think that that people. I I I think that Jacob Neusner probably risks being written out of Jewish studies. I don't I don't, I don't I, I, But I do think that Jacob Neusner's work is. More clearly on display in religious studies, and in people, especially people that work on on um, uh, interfaith dialogue. Some of the later work that Neusner did with Chilton—I um, think the Rabbi talks with Jesus, which uh, brought him into close contact with the former Pope uh, um, Benedict the Sixteenth, I think his name was. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't. I, my sense is is that I worried with with Neusner that Neusner wrote so much. That he risks writing himself out of existence. So there's all these. He wrote over a thousand books. So let's say you're interested in Jack Neusner, Jacob Newster. Where where do you how do you how do you enter that huge corpus? So I think there was too, he wrote too much, and I also think, as I try to say in the in the biography, to me, and I'm not a scholar of 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 rabbinic studies. To me, his most interesting work is his work on. Um, as an American Jewish thinker, his work on um, on Judaism in America—I think it was the essays in Stranger at Home—I also think of uh, his the number of works that he put out on, on on the study of Judaism in the American humanities. I think that these are his most innovative work, where he's at his most creative. And I don't know—I don't know what the future what the future of those works will be. So I think Nussner. Despite the fact that he was such a major individual in the creation and formation of Jewish studies in this country, his reputation is—I don't want—perhaps tarnished because of the, the the he had such a difficult personality. But I think, I think it risks being being subsumed under the sheer weight, and the sheer volume of of the amount of works that 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 he produced, and I, and I think that's a real pity. And the biography was an attempt to work through for for, for the reader, work through a number of the texts, try to give, try to provide points of entry so that the interesting reader could go from my biography into the Neusnerian corpus and hopefully find um,
0: uh, their way around it. You you mentioned that Neusner published well over a thousand books. Do you know what the specific number is? How many? books did he actually publish do you know what the I don't know
1: what the actual number is I don't um but yeah I think it's well 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 over uh well over well over a thousand I mean some of them have you know there's second and third editions of 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 works and I I remember asking him when I did was doing all the interviews for the for the biography I said Jack how how did you write that much and and he said I was I I was in his very um admittedly the, the Jack I knew was not the 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 uh, the the angry Jack of of the, when in his forties and fifties, it uh, was the you know the 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 Jack with with uh, Parkinson's who was um, nearing the end of his life, and I said, "Were you a re- real workaholic?" And he said, "No, no, I would I would work uh, I would work and you know I I would I had a very rigid structure for writing and for working, um, and uh, he said I would often you know fall asleep watching tv with suzanne and the kids at, at night and um and i mean i think uh so i don't know how he did it i mean that's that's that that, that that's that that is a lot of uh of work um you know people have theories uh, that i talked to among some of his students some of his critics uh and um i don't I, none of that stuff really makes its way way into the book i tried i tried to Mike, the biography was authorized. I'm not sure everyone understood that. There are a couple of reviews of it that said I was was more of a hagiography than a biography. And uh, I I sort of disagree. I think I try to show all the facets of Jack's personality in the biography. But oftentimes when I want to show the more difficult Jack, I let Jack speak in his own words. So I quote from various letters and that. Um, So um, Where is I going with that thought? Uh, So yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember where, how I got from there to here. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was. It was. Um, I yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say. Is that I. I, I want to take the high the high road. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Um, you know, talk about all the the gossip uh, and then the political uh, uh, exchanges and the and the the personal. So I tried. I really tried to focus primarily on 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 the work. And how the work fit into certain stages of his life in New York City, in Milwaukee, in Dartmouth, in Brown, South Florida, and then ultimately at Bard College uh, and Brian Becker, Annandale, in Hudson, New York.
0: What was the schedule like for him? What writing strategies did he employ to pull this off?
1: Well, I I, I know how, how it's done. I mean, because I, I I write a lot, but I wrote. I mean, I write. In fact, Newster is a good example of not to write too much. Uh, as I said, I'm worried that he wrote himself out of existence. So I think he, it's it's all about structure. So he wrote from a certain time every day, from say five in the morning till eleven, twelve, and twelve noon. Then he would go have lunch, go to the gym, and it, and every day of the week, I remember one time. In his his archives are full of interesting letters that, um, the I think it was in South Florida, the department chair had uh, called an impromptu meeting uh, for a Friday, and, and Neustern wrote a, a letter to him saying, "I won't be there. I will. I. 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 My my writing is planned." For weeks in advance and uh, for you to say that we're not going to have all of a sudden have a meeting on a Friday means that my whole work and my whole life work balance has been thrown into chaos. So this is just to tell you that I won't make it to the meeting. So I think it was, uh, uh, I think it was, if you could, I don't know how you can do the math though. If you could go from that schedule from say five in the morning to 12 noon every day and punch that into an equation and get over a thousand books. I don't know. Maybe he would say you could, but I, I'm not entirely. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. It's not for me, to, it's for, me to,
0: for me to say. In what ways can Jacob Neusner be considered a pioneering American Jewish thinker alongside Joseph Soloveitchik, Abraham Joshua Heschel, Salo Baron, and Mordecai Kaplan? Should Neusner yeah. indeed be considered among their ranks? Yeah.
1: I think he should. I really do. Uh, again, though, I'm talking not about this Nusner. I think there's many different Nuners. so i'm I think there's Nusner, the scholar of rabbinic Judaism. There's Nusner, the scholar of religion. The way I think Neusner belongs in those hallowed ranks that you just mentioned is by virtue of his work on American Jewish studies. Um, how so, for example, his work on the the concept of the havruta, which is for him, is a, basically a secular concept. I think is fascinating. I also also love the fact that he would always complain about how American Judaism was empty because it was bookended by two things that American Jews were obsessed with: the Holocaust, which happened to us over there, and the state of Israel, which happens to us over there. And we never, because of that, we never focus on what it means the positive aspects of Jewish identity. And I think Neusner was very much interested in that. Um, on the one hand, he he thought that the study of Judaism should be carried out by anybody. Um, some of his students were non-Jewish. And I remember there was one non-Jewish student who applied for a job and then was asked questions at the interview about whether or not they were Jewish. And when Neusner found out of this, he the, the proverbial poop hit the proverbial fan and he threw threatened lawsuits and against the, the, uh, uh, the university. So I think Neusner, on the one hand, Neusner tried to de-ethnize, I don't if that's a word, or tried to make the study of Judaism less ethnic, less insular, less less uh, introspective, and sought to turn it outwards, the gaze of Jewish studies outwards. Uh, but at the same time, he was deeply committed to a concept of Jewishness. And I think that his works on American Judaism really show that. And uh, unlike some of those other thinkers who you know, you know came from over there to here, Neuster was born and bred in in, in in the United States. And I think what's also interesting about Neuster, and I think this is something that he fought with in the, 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 all his life, is that he was raised as a secular Jew who had no rabbinic training. When he first went to Harvard, his, his, his undergraduate advisor, at harvard was the the you know the famed uh, harry austin wolfson and uh newsner wrote his ba thesis under wolfson on the jews of boston and wolfson had said to him you know wolfson came you know from from the old world came out of the, the great yeshiva background there um had the you know, the, the old world jewish accent and here's the young newsner from hartford connecticut had no background in Jewish studies. Wanted to work on on rabbinics and Neusner, like a lot of the other teachers, his early teachers said, "Well, you can't do it because you don't have the training. You're not a, you don't have the yeshiva background." And I think that really bugged Neusner, and he and he tried to show them, and I think he did show them that yes, I I can do this. But you know, it's so as I tried to show in the biography, you know, we. Today, we just, if you want to do a PhD in Jewish studies, you just go, go to uh, you know Department of Religious Studies, Chicago, Harvard, wherever, and you do a PhD in Jewish studies. Neusner didn't have that option. So Neusner, in order to get a PhD, quote unquote PhD in Jewish studies, had to go to Columbia to get ordination from J, had to go to JTS to get ordination in the conservative tradition uh, from JTS But while he was doing that, he was also doing a PhD in religion at Columbia. So before Nussner, there was no way to do a PhD in Judaism as a religion. After Nussner, it now becomes very easy to do that.
0: What does your book teach us about American Jewish history?
1: Well, that's funny. That's, That's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean... I say this as a Canadian who doesn't really work so much in, in American history. I work more in Canadian history, especially in my old age. But I think what it shows is, um, you know, the movement. Neusner's life shows the movement of Jews from the city to the suburbs, uh, which other people have written about much more articulate than I have. I think Neusner just, you know, sort of embodies or exemplifies that issue. Um, it also shows, you know, a secular, uh, a secular, uh, secular Jewish kid going to Harvard and um, sort of, you know, this discovering, discovering himself there, discovering what it meant to be an academic. Then he goes to, um, to Oxford and at Oxford, you know, having having led the sheltered life in, in Connecticut post-war, he goes to Oxford um, on, a I think, a Ford Fellowship and uh, spends time in Oxford. Oxford in the post-war years would have been a very different place than the Oxford now um then he went to germany went to italy and i think began to see the the, the, the horrors of, of the holocaust of the second world war and then began to you know to sort of Im- imbibe these ideas and then i i think that 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 informed his life but i also think that nusner as an embodiment of a, a certain chapter in american history made the secular study of judaism possible and i only think a kid from the suburbs of Hartford, with no t- with no Yeshiva background, could have brought about the the revolution of of inc- the, the the inclusion and incorporation of the study of Judaism in the departments of religious study. Uh, Harvard uh, Harry Wolfson couldn't do it. Saul Lieberman couldn't do it. Uh, no one could do it. It had to be someone like Neusner. And I think so. I think that's that's the 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 real. So I would say. Rather than ask, what does my biography show about American Jewish history? I think maybe that's a different way. How does American Jewish history make someone like Neusner possible? And how does American Jewish history, that particular moment, make the study, the secular study of Judaism, the religion possible?
0: What is Jacob Neusner's place in and contribution to Jewish intellectual history?
1: Yeah, well that's I mean that's that's a that's a good question. I mean it depends which news you're talking about. So I would say that Neusner, the scholar of rabbinics, you brought about it, I, I mean, I know many people would disagree with what he did. I think of Saul Lieberman's uh, a critique or book review, neg- extremely negative book review of of uh, of Neusner's early work, something that which for which Newsner never forgave Lieberman and by extension JTS. Um, I think Newster introduced the idea of the you know the secular methods into into um, into the study of 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 rabbinics. Something that was more critical, more cynical, didn't just believe what the sources told them. So I think he moved the study of rabbinic texts from description to redescription. To use two categories that so Jonathan said Smith, his friend. Um, uh, and and former colleagues uh, used um, in terms of religious studies I think Neusner has a place by saying you know what the, stu- Jews, the study of Judaism is not special Jews are not special the study Jews should be studied as any other social group again revolutionary and because they should be studied like any other social group we have to explain to non-Jews or to people that work in other religious traditions why why why? How? So he, atta- he, 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 again, he switched the gaze of the study of Judaism from one of insularity to one of cosmopolitanism. I'm not sure what the opposite of it is. And then in terms of his writings on American Judaism, I, as I said, and as I try to say in the biography, I think that's, that's where his work should be picked up. And I, I don't know if it is. And I think that, I think that um, I'm worried that Nussner changed everything, made the secular study of Judaism possible, but now we've reverted to this, to a, to a type of Jewish studies that simply reifies Jewishness and Jewish ethnicity at the expense of broader categories. So I, I, I'm not... I really don't work so much in the idiom of Jewish studies anymore. I work more in Islamic studies now. I work more in religious studies. I work in Canadian uh, uh, history. I'm not sure if, if what the future of Jewish studies is. If it's if it's just going to be another form of of uh, of, uh, of ethnic studies where um, people talk about things. Israel is always the elephant in the room. Um, And I think that's the thing about Neusner, even though he was extremely politically involved with the Republican Party. I don't think it was ever his work was ever particularly ideological. And I I worry that, um, you know, now there's you have scholars who are pro-Palestinian scholars who are pro-Israel in Jewish studies and they're signing different petitions and and they're always they're angry at each other. So I I don't I, I really don't know. I think that I think that Neusner tried to make Jewish studies into something other than ethnic studies. He succeeded for a little bit, but now I think Jewish studies is certainly back in ethnic studies, although the difference now is that it's carried out in the secular university as opposed to before he came on the scene when that was carried out in the um, uh, in the yeshiva.
0: Which is your personal favorite book or work by Newsner? If you can't name only one, can you share a few <laughs> yeah. that come to mind? Which, res- yeah. which ones resonate with you the most?
1: I like the, I like stranger at home which uh, I think it you know sort of resonated with me with you know what it means to be a jew in america and by an extension an american jew I like the way that he 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 he, he tried to depart from defining american judaism in terms of the holocaust on an israel to something more integral to, to judaism something more positive Um, and and I think I like how he said that most of this occurred at the secular university as opposed to the synagogue so I I think that for him not unlike uh, earlier scholars of Wissenschaft as in Germany in the 19th century I think for him the the secular study of Judaism is a a way to be religious in the modern world and I really um, and I, I think That resonates with me a lot. Um, Strangely enough, I mean, the work as I said, I'm I'm not a rabbinicist or a scholar of the Talmud. Um, I I would have to leave it to others to figure out just to say what is the most important work there. But it's really the 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 sort of theological ruminations on what on on American Judaism that 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 speak most to me, and I think is Neusner at his most interesting and his most creative. And I think it's the Neusner that deserves it and should be read. And, and as I said, I, I worry that, that, that it, it won't be read. I mean, I, I, I don't know what that, what, what, the, what the afterlife of, of Neusner's work
0: will be. Which scholars and thinkers had the greatest influence on Neusner, which books yeah. in Judaism, Jewish studies and or Jewish thought and philosophy had the greatest yeah. impact personally on Neusner.
1: Yeah. That's so tough for me to answer. Because he 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 complained bitterly or fell out with pretty much everyone. Um, I, I remember he said that that he really when he was when he was writing his dissert when he was doing the rabbinic degree at JTS and the PhD in religion at Columbia. He said he really found interesting works by scholars of religion. People like Mircea Eliade, people like Emil Durkheim, uh, people like James Fraser, and I think that he said that it was so interesting that he was doing all this work in Jewish in in rabbinics at JTS and doing all this non Jewish stuff at Columbia that he that I think the innovation of his work is that he's able to bring them into some kind of equilibrium to show how each illumines the other. So I think he was influenced by people who um, who weren't in Jewish studies, who were doing more more, more things in academic study of religion. Um, I think what really influenced him, before he moved to Brown, he had a position at Dartmouth. And he always, at that year in, Dar- he was there for a year. And at that year at Dartmouth, Jonathan Zed Smith was there as a visiting professor and Hans Penner was there. And he said that they would always, um, when the first six months he was there, Hans Penner in particular would kind of tease Newsner about, well, it's just Jewish data. Like wh- why is this significant? Why should we even care about this? And Newsner be Nussner internalized that. And he then began to say, well, to answer Hans Penner, and then he would give some papers during their, their meetings or whatever, in which he would try to connect the study of Judaism yeah. to larger categories. So I think there's that formative year, whereas Neusner, Jay-Z Smith, and Hans Penner at Dartmouth that really did, uh, was really formative for for, for Nussner. In terms of Jewish thought, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I can't really think of any works that he um, was critical of most people that worked in Talmud. In fact, he would write whole books about them. I think he wrote a whole book trying to show how Christina Hayes uh, had, had got it wrong. Um, he, uh, I, I don't think she did, did it all, but I mean, this is, I'm just not talking about uh, so I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't know. And I think that. But I. I think maybe this is a good nice segue into the the idea that Noosa was very much a contrarian. He was had a very difficult personality. He fell out with most people. Um, but I think that's was part of part of the personality that also gave us these really wonderful creative works. But at the same time, there's a lot of people of a certain generation that still remember the unpleasant interactions that they had
0: with Musner. What was Nusner's relationship like with Cardinal Josef Ratzinger, who would later become Pope Benedict the Sixteenth?:
1: Yeah, that's right, who apparently is on his deathbed at the moment, too. Um, I think they liked each other. Uh, well, I don't think they did like each other. I think that um, uh, uh, I, I think that the Ratzinger um, or the called Pope Benedict. I think Pope Benedict um, really read and, and cited from Neusner in his own work. I think that, um, and I don't think is it, uh, Pope Benedict um, gave uh, Neusner a, a papal award. Um, I think Newster went to Rome to receive it, and I think when he went, he, uh, I think Pope Benedict went to the the synagogue in Rome for the first time. Um, I, the uh, they corresponded with one another, in, in the archives you can see their correspondences. So I think there was one of mutual respect. I also think uh, Pope Benedict uh, blurbed one of Newster's books. I think the, one of the the uh, rabbi talks with um, Jesus. Uh, I think there was a headline in which um, Neusner is described as the the Pope's rabbi. So I think there was a, a there was a close relationship between the two, um, but both conservative thinkers. I, I it might be worth saying that they might have had some 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 um, uh, uh, politically might have had some some common ground. Uh, but I think it was a very. I think Neusner took great pride in in in, in, in the relationship. So yeah, there was definitely. Uh, definitely a, a a relationship, a fairly close relationship between between the two, think
0: between the two, the two men. How did Neusner imagine the ideal relationship between Judaism and the humanities? What was his vision of quote unquote Jewish humanities?
1: Yeah, well, I think the, I, I think he wanted the Jewish humanities to be Jewish humanities and not Jewish ethnic studies. So he railed against the idea of 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 ethnic study, any ethnic study, not just Jewish studies, but African American studies. Uh, gay and lesbian studies, uh, uh, any kind of of studies, because I think he always felt, and here, I mean, I think we see the privilege of the the, the white male. He always thought that everybody should do what he had done. And that is, he took this very particular, very ethnic study, that of Judaism and, and Jews, and he universalized it. He made it understandable to people that didn't work, people who weren't Jewish, and people who didn't work with Jewish data, and I think he thought that everyone should do that. Um, but again, I think um, I think he that that's probably unrealistic. Uh, but I think he thought that Judaism belonged in the um, the it, it 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 should be something that wasn't ethnic, that wasn't introspective. That wasn't done solely by Jews. It was something that was that Jews and Judaism was exemplary of humanity, or in de- the particular is indexical of the universal, and that by studying them we study humanity as opposed to just studying Jews. So I, I think that he, he made a great case for this. He really did, and I think I think some of my colleagues in Jewish studies today would learn a great deal. Um, from uh, 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 looking at what Noestr had to say about the study of Judaism, because uh, as as I said earlier, I, I think that I think that Jewish studies is, is increasingly becoming more parochial as opposed to less parochial um, in light of of of, of and and those thinkers that try to take Judaism out of that parochial context, people like Boyarin, people like Elliot Wolfson, maybe people like myself. People like Neusner are not so much ostracized, but don't know what to do with them.
0: Can you comment on the significance of Neusner's historical writing? In particular, why was his scholarship on the history of the Jews in Babylonia an important work in its field?
1: Yeah, I think that Neusner was revo- revo- revolutionary in the idea, if not actually execution. So Neusner came up with this idea, again, that I think this speaks more to his... Um, To his to his broader vision of of, Talmudic study, he said, you know, the the, Babylonian Talmud was the product of you know Iran, and so what was going on legally in the context of Zoroastrianism, in the in the in the context in which the Talmud was produced, and he said that surely it wasn't unrelated to that. So he tried to say that in order to properly understand the Talmud, you need to understand it in its larger historical context. So he has, I think, has a five-volume, the Jews of the Jews of Babylonia, which is a very, I think, that was one of his first works after his dissertation, which he subsequently repudiated because he thought it was too too naive. Um, But at the same time, he said the only reason he could have got it passed at JTS was because it was naive. so i think Neuster started the ball rolling for people like Yaakov elman and people like the new generation of of scholars i think people like shai sukunda and these people who have actually gone and learned avestan and and you know other Zoro-Persian languages and have tried to situate linguistically philologically not just historically the talmud in this larger zoroastrian um avestan culture so i think that um I think that's where historically Neusner, Neusner Neusner was not content to go the way the status quo went. And again, that got him in trouble at some points, but it was also his genius.
0: According to Neusner, how should religion be studied in a university? What are the correct ways to, quote unquote, scientifically study religion? Is this relevant only to Judaism? Can this be applied to the study of Christianity or to African religion, or to yeah. Islam?
1: Well, I think Newstead here. I think as as a as a colleague and interlocutor with people like Hans Penner and Jonathan Zed Smith, was very much in that mode. Um, I mean, in 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 the mode of people like Smith and Penner. But I think that Newstead would say that religion is a social phenomenon it's not we you know we can't talk about experience we can't talk about god we can't talk about any of that we can only understand the way people situate themselves in light of things like god or experience so Nusner thought that jews should be studied as a social group like any other social group like like muslims like buddhists like like um, indigenous populations so um he said like, that that's the only way to do it at a secular university. And here, of course, um, he, he rebelled against the traditional yeshiva model, which just assumed that the Talmud was a, you know, a written document that reflected the life and times of the people that it um, that that are mentioned in it. So um, yeah, as I said, Nusner, the fact that the study of Judaism exists in religious studies departments in North America and in Europe is, the direct result of Neusner. And those of us that have positions in Jewish studies in these departments are directly or indirectly uh, have Neusner to thank for that. And it, this takes us back to the beginning of the interview when I thought it was so sad that at that AAR um, panel, it was so poorly attended and only half the panelists showed up. And the fact that Neusner's um, you know, life work and his, his, his corpus was reduced to a joke, okay, I'll hold. And the biography is an attempt not to rehabilitate but to as i think i said earlier take a flashlight and provide a flashlight to the interested reader to find their way into this diverse corpus of over a thousand books on the one hand but even more importantly is to show where the study of judaism came from because if we don't know where we came from then we'll just bound to repeat the same old mistakes and I fear, as I've said several times in this interview, that we're back there, that, that Judaism is becoming more ethnic, becoming more, study the study of Judaism is becoming more ethnic, more parochial, as opposed to less ethnic and less less parochial.
0: How did Neusner balance being a reformed Jew religiously with being a conservative right-wing or neo-conservative Jew politically in terms of his political orientation?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think I think he was probably a great compartmentalizer. Um, and I don't I, I I have no other no other way than that he could do it. I remember near the last 10, 5, five six years of his life, he 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 um, publicly broke with the conservative movement from whom he had semicha or ordination, and um and said that his true home was in the reform tradition, and that reform Judaism was a true. Was the only true American Judaism, um, but I think he could do that quite easily and not 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 worry about um, you know being further right than Jesse Helms on 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 the NEA and these kinds of things. I don't think I I, I don't I think he could compile, But again, and I, I I say this as a as a positive thing because Neussner, despite his politics and despite his right wing politics, you don't really see. His work is ideological, and now in, in the academy and in in Jewish studies in particular, I think that ideology you know right wing, left wing, pro Israel, pro Palestinian, pro Zionist, anti Zionist is now become is now is now seeped into scholarship in such a way that it's not compartmentalized, uh, and I think this is 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 a detriment to the field and to the academy more generally. Um. So I think that the way Neusner could balance those two paradoxes—Reform Jew, right of center, neoconservative, right whatever you want to call it—individual uh, uh, other, I think he could he could he could find a point of repose fairly, fairly easily.
0: What was Neusner's reputation in Europe?
1: Yeah, well, Nusner again, I think was, um, Nusserner was Herculean. I've said that term before uh, in his vision. And it is when he came up with an idea and he wanted to see it through, nobody could get in his way. That was good and be bad because he rubbed people the wrong way, could rub people the wrong way. Uh, but Nusner created the, um, single-handedly created the European Association for Jewish Studies, the AJS, which is the, uh, the European equivalent of the AJS, um, not just intellectually, uh, and through the the power of his personality, but even financially a uh, uh, help to um to uh to to sustain it through various um uh, organizations that that i think yeah, there was the max Richter fund which was his 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 father uh, in law suzanne's father had um uh, had established um uh, he also had a number of of, uh, of successful benefactors that helped him uh, throughout throughout his life. So, Nussner did not just created the study of Judaism in religious studies in North America. He also did it uh, in, in, um, in 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 Europe as as well. So, it's um it's it's, it's quite it's quite amazing, but Europe, not unlike here, has forgotten. We're very we as academics, like we have our heads in our sand a lot of times, as we 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 uh, we we have selective memory. So um, I think on the AAJS website under the history, there's a brief mention of Neusner. Uh but of course that brief mention doesn't doesn't give us doesn't give him the full credit for all that he did. Um, and the same thing with the study of Judaism in religious studies in America, we. Have an idea that Nusner was somewhere behind it, but we tend to ignore it, and we tend to pretend it didn't exist. And the biography—I don't even know what's happened to the biography. I don't know how people are reading it. I don't know if they read it. I don't know. We've I mean, got some reviews, fairly good reviews, some bad reviews. But um, I think that uh, I think we've we we I, I don't think we we we've served Neustern well in terms of what he did. Um, but again, I think all this is exacerbated by virtue of the fact that he could be such a difficult personality and rubbed a lot of people the wrong way.
0: Can you comment on Newsner's dissertation at the Jewish Theological Seminary on Rabbi sure. Ben-Zakai? What does it postulate?
1: Yeah, well, that's, you know, like I said, this is where I, I run into the, 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 the outer recesses of my memory, because this, the research for this was done like close to 10 years ago. The book came out like Eight years ago. Um, it was on Yohanan ben Zakkai, right? Um, it was by his later accounts a fairly typical descriptive account of Yohanan ben Zakkai, taking the sources as if they were accurate accounts and then trying to describe the life and times of Yohanan ben Zakkai. Um, later, repudiated, I think, probably I think rewrote it. Again, I'm, I, I can't, uh, in light of the later methodology that it developed, which was much more cynical and much more critical and not taking sources at face value. Uh, but as I think I said earlier in the interview, um, even though he repudiated it and rewrote parts of it, he said that the only way he could have succeeded in passing at JTS was to take that, what he would later call this naive methodology of, 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 of sheer simple description, as opposed to redescription and analysis. So I think this dissertation represents the um, all that, his later work went against. And then it, it, it's funny, we, it, it, I don't know if you're gonna ask me about his first job was at Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, which he lasted for a year, I think it was 1961 to 1962. Um, and there, I think a typical uh, fracture of so many people in Jewish studies is he fell out with the local Jewish community, which had put up the funds for the money. Um, I think he brought in speakers that they didn't think were appropriate. Um, I think they wanted to look at what kind of courses he was teaching at the university, and I think, as he, by all accounts, he said that they didn't want Jewish studies to be too successful because other fields might get jealous, and um, uh, he lasted a year and, and and left, but again, I think that, that tension and the struggle, the fractured relationship between scholar of Judaism or Jewish studies scholar and local community is um, is, is, a, is a real one. And I think Neuster also wrote very articulately about this is is the scholar of Judaism a, simply a representative of the Jewish Federation and carries on at the local uni- at the local university what was done in the Jewish day school? And he would say this is not the role of Jewish studies. Jewish studies has to be academically respectable. and um, and I think as I said, he wrote very articulately about that and I think, that scholars and Jewish studies today would be well-served to uh, uh, look at some of his reflections and ruminations in those areas.
0: What was Neusner's relationship like with Abraham Joshua Heschel?
1: Yeah, I think Susanna Heschel, uh, uh, um, Abraham Joshua Heschel's uh, daughter, could speak more to that. Um, she's a friend of mine, and uh, she always, I'd say, it was a very good relationship. I think Neusner always felt that Abraham Joshua Heschel was ill-served, Um and and not respected and ill-treated at JTS and uh Susanna tells about how um Jacob Neuster would babysit her when she was young and I think she moments a month so they, they were had a they had a close relationship uh, and Susanna Heschel was um very very supportive and very very helpful in writing the biography and um uh, she's a very, very, like I said, a very supportive colleague. And I think that she has a, a soft spot for Jacob Neusner. And I think Jacob Neusner had a soft spot for Abraham Joshua Heschel. Yeah. And it's it, 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 as, as it should be.
0: How is Jacob Neusner viewed in Israel? How was he perceived in Israel during his lifetime? How do Israelis in Jewish studies perceive his work? How do American Jews in Israel remember him? What reputation yeah. does he have in the Reform and Conservative Jewish communities in Israel?
1: Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a tough question. I mean, like I'm, I'm not an Israeli. I don't. Um, I don't spend time in Israel, so I, I can't really speak to that. I can speak to a broader tension between the Israeli academy and the American academy. There's certain tensions there. I mm. think um, Neustern's work was part of that i think that uh, people uh, people in israel didn't respect mooser's work it, in like manner Muster didn't respect the work of people in israel um, he would always send his students especially young graduate students to israel so they could um, you know work on their hebrew uh, but he, he would always say don't tell them that you're my student and don't don't do don't anything don't, don't you don't have anything to learn with them then there was a famous incident i think in 84 when the the Israeli journal Zion had uh, asked Neusner for, I invited Neusner for I think it was some kind of symposium in Jerusalem, and they'd asked Neusner for a uh, copy of uh, of his. I think they wanted a copy of his lecture before the workshop started, and I think the lecture was titled again. I'm re- recollecting what's in the biography from years ago. It was called Methodology in Talmudic Studies or something like that, and. So he sent it to them, and then they uninvited him. And Nusner never forgot this, never forgot this. Um, I think near the end of his life, there were a couple of Israeli colleagues that reached out to Neusner, Um, and he he I pretty sure he went to give some lectures at Jerusalem in the last stages of his life. So there was a certain amount of repair, but there was a tension there. That uh, for the you know, in Nuster's heyday, he was there was a real tension. But as I said, I think that's a tension that is um, reminiscent of the tensions between American American Jewish studies and Israeli Jewish studies. I remember i was I was once at a conference in Palermo, in Sicily of all places, and, and this Israeli colleague got up and said, "There's only one place to do Jewish studies, and that's in Israel. Of course, big to differ, but uh, I argued with the whole point over over a nice bowl of pasta after after the thing. But you know, that's just kind of this idea. And I think that there's the way Israelis and North Americans do Jewish studies is completely different. And I can't say one is better than the other, but there's tensions. And as for how Nusner is is dealt with in America and I mean in, in the reform and conservative movements in Israel, yeah, I've got no idea. It's because is not my I, you know, I'm not Israeli. I don't I can't like, I don't go to Israel. I can't I can't
0: speak to that at all. What was Neusner's experience like at Harvard as an undergraduate?
1: Yeah, I think that Neusner was um I think he said he never he never went home the first three years he was there because he was worried that he would go and it, it was this, this this like Brigadier, like it would just all disappear. Um I think uh, he made some very good friends there. I what was, the, was it John Updike was his roommate or something like that. I think it was John Updike. I'd have to look. Um, and they 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 stayed close through 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 the through the years. Um, but at the same time, I think you know Harvard was a very WASPy place at that time. And I think as a Jew uh, coming from the suburbs of Hartford to very WASPy um, uh, uh, Harvard and Cambridge, he probably felt a little tension. Um and then there is it is his, his advisor, as I said earlier, was the 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 late great Harry Austin Wolfson, who also didn't fit in at Harvard at all. Um and uh Wolfson encouraged Neuster not to go into Talmudic studies or rabbinic studies, but to go into uh, uh you know do like American Jewish studies or something like that. Uh so I think it was it was formative, it was important to him. But again, I think like any young Jew in a waspy environment, there's, um, you know, there's, it it shapes you. And then he went from there to Oxford, which is even more waspy. Um, And I think at Oxford, he said that that's when he began to, because there's no reform or conservative Judaism in Oxford at that point, it's then that he began to um, be more orthodox or go to orthodox, you know, Shabbos and um, and it's also there that he I think there that he, he 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 I think he complained at one point that in Britain at that point he began to encounter anti-Americanism and it mainly came from the Labour Party in Britain and he said so because the Conservative Party was more um, more more positively disposed to America. He joined them at Oxford, and it said not so much because he understood, you know, the conservative labor divide of British politics, but because he thought that the Conservative Party of uh, Britain was the friends of America, and that's where he gravitated to. And I don't know, maybe that had some, some. Um, uh, impact on his later conservatism. I don't know. I, I can't say it would just be speculation.
0: What was New's relationship like with scholars and professors at the Jewish theological seminary during his time there? Yeah, I don't
1: I mean he always had a, a very tortured relationship with them. I think it was I mean that was probably exemplified by the um by the, the 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 argument, the outright argument that he had with uh, uh Saul Lieberman um he yeah so i think he again it was this very difficult relationship he didn't he felt that it was the yeshiva the world that he left behind and the world that he wanted to change it was the, the institution that didn't treat abraham joshua heschel properly one of his one of his you know one of his mentors um it was the place that he always would say that they they kept his, they didn't keep his books out in public. You had to request them. Um, and it was the place that he ultimately repudiated when he said that he was now switching allegiance to, to reform Judaism. So it was his whole life, the, the JTS was a um, counterpoint you know, as, as to, 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 to all that, that he tried to do. So I think it, it looms large, and um, I think that, that Neusner tried and succeeded in creating a type of Jewish studies that couldn't be done at JTS, and in fact was the direct opposite of what was being done at JTS. So again, I think it looms large in his imagination and his, his, his scholarly output and scholarly thinking.
0: Can you comment on Neusner's experiences at Dartmouth College, at Bard College, at University of South Florida, and at Brown University at later later stages of yeah. his career. These are all different yeah. places. But how yeah, did he evolve these in institutions? How did these yeah. institutions perceive him? What was his relationship like with students and scholars at these institutions?
1: Yeah. I, can't, I think. I think ultimately. And we could even throw in that, the Institute for Advanced Studies at Princeton and Clare College at, uh, in, 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 uh, in uh, Cambridge at the UK. Um, there was always a pattern. You go, it felt good, then would all of a sudden begin to gradually feel alienated before he would have a bust up. Uh, so I think the, the one I mentioned earlier, he was there for for a year at Dartmouth, which I think was formative because Hans Panner and Jonathan Smith were there. From there, he went to Brown. Brown was, his, I think, him at his most prolific it's where he did all the work in, in Talmud. It's where in rabbinic studies, Mishnah. It's where he trained his graduate students. Everybody from William Scott Green to um, uh Howard Elbert Schwartz to you know, all the ones I'm I think he, he trained over 20 graduate students, one one, only one of whom was female. Um, but he fell out. I mean, he was he fell out with the administration, uh 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 ward at, with the the president of, of the of the university um and then went from there i think the institute for advanced study for a year loved it at first but then gradually fell out with the administration um from there to south to south florida which was i think would have been his first encounter other than at the university of wisconsin madison uh, uh, milwaukee with a public university which um is considerably different from a private university, and then he became all you know, um, all all became very, um But became uh, all went all in for this idea of public education at these large universities um, that eventually uh, fell out, and then ended up at Bard College, where he uh, lived out his his days in Rhinebeck, New York. And I think all, all of the and and there he did more. Um, more theological stuff with the, the Christian theologian, Bruce Chilton. So I think in all those places, we see different iterations of this work. At Harvard, it's where he really began to define Judaism and using the categories and uh, terms of religious studies. At Brown, he took those categories and then began to apply them specifically to rabbinic texts and trained a whole generation of scholars who went out and carried on the Nusner, um. Newster paradigm uh, throughout the country in, in Canada, um, and then it's at South Florida. He became more. God, I got South Florida. I can't always speak, but and then yeah, I'd have to again. I'm not. this not. And then it, then he went from South Florida to Bard, and it's at Bard where he became uh, began to he wrote the, the Rabbi speech with the, uh, Jesus. It's where I recall, if I recall correctly, he began to um, correspond with uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. And um, it's when I think that the relationship with Chilton was very, uh, very, very conducive to his theological uh, thinking. So every institution, as you're you're, you're right, every institution he went to, um, we see a different, a different news, different, different, different emphases. And all through all those institutions, I should always, he's constantly writing letters. Some, I think I told you before the interview started, some days from his archives, he's writing 50 or 60 letters a day to people uh he's writing for for the in, in jewish uh journals he's writing for the the national review he's you know, writing the right-wing public publications he was constantly writing so you, we have his thousand work corpus on the one hand and then we also have all this letter writing all this epistolary correspondence all this um uh all these like um popular like writing for 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 the average jew in, in in various journal jewish periodicals so he was uh truly a, uh, a a a a writer
0: you end the book with these words on page 277 his writings especially those on american judaism in the place of the study of judaism in american culture represent the most original and creative reflections we possess it is these works that will stand the test of time and ensure that Neusner will take his rightful place as a great American Jewish thinker. He is truly an American Jewish iconoclast. What do you mean? Can you explain?
1: Yeah, well, I think I've tried to explain several times in the interview about why I think those words are so important. Um, I I think that um, here we are eight years on. So I I wrote I would have written those words close to 10 years ago. Um, has it happened? Has it transpired? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're reading Neusther's Stranger at Home or um, you know Judaism in the Humanities next to um, of HX, uh work or or, or Heschel's work. Um, and I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if his per- difficult personality meant that we need a generation to. Forget that part of his personality, and then we can focus on the works. I don't know. I really don't. Um, but I, I mean, I hope that in terms of the iconoclast, we certainly see that he was iconoclastic. I mean, he took the study of Judaism that he inherited and smashed it, created a created a brand new thing, um, a new icon, if you will. I don't know. Um, and uh, he 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 brought. Judaism out of the seminary, out of the Shiva, put it squarely in the secular university, provided a set of tools and categories that were accessible to anybody. So if you studied Hinduism, you could talk to someone like Neusner and figure out how Hinduism relates in some way, categorically, comparatively, Judaism. And just as importantly, he. Made it so that anybody, Jew, non Jew, could study Judaism. But as I said, we forget, and I'm not sure where the study of Judaism is, is today. I think the study of Judaism, uh, probably colleagues would disagree with me, is it, but I think some would agree, is in a worse place now than it was, uh, than, than what Neussner wanted it to
0: become. As we bring our dialogue to a close, do you mind sharing with us what your current research is on and what you've been working on since the completion and publication of this book?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, that's, it's funny, It's uh, I guess, <laughs> maybe this has all come to the, the head with this with all my comments before, is I really don't work in the idiom of Jewish studies anymore um, for I think reasons, some of the reasons that I articulated uh, in, the, in the interview. Um, I've um, the 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 project for which I'm in Ottawa this year is I'm writing a biography of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is our our Canadian uh, constitutional bill of rights. uh, Especially in light of the protests in Ottawa last year, I think a lot of Canadians think they know what the Charter is, but I'm not convinced that they do. So this is a biography: who wrote it, where did it come from, what's the constitutional bill of rights, what's its afterlife in the constitutional marketplace, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, I have a number of colleagues in Canada who have um, encouraged me because of my own personal background and because I think I'm the only one that perhaps is willing to do it, to write a uh, history of Islam in Canada from um, early slaves until, you know, post 9-11. And so, um, as I said, I've, I've, um, I don't really see my work taking place in Jewish studies anymore. It's more, I was trained in Islamic studies and I think it's firmly back in Islamic studies. And I think as a Canadian expat in America, I think I've also moved to Americans talk about their history so much. I think I've become increasingly interested in Canadian history. So I think now my primary areas are Islamic studies, Canadian studies and uh, and religious studies. Uh, and it, it tangentially rubs up against Jewish studies.
0: Amazing. These sounds like these sound like marvelous projects. And I wish you very best wishes in okay. undertaking them and seeing them through. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. As we bring our dialogue today to a close, I am your host on the New Books in Jewish Studies podcast, Ari Barbalat. Today I've been in dialogue with Dr. Aaron Hughes. He is the Dean's Professor of the Humanities and Philip S. Bernstein, Professor of Religious Studies at the University of Rochester for the 2022-2023 academic year. He is the Fulbright Distinguished Chair in North American Studies at Carleton University in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Today, we have been discussing his book, Jacob Neusner, an American Jewish Iconoclast, published in New York by New York University Press 2016. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Ari. Thank you very much.